Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to Better Relationships, Better Life, a podcast where you'll gain insights from relationship experts and entrepreneurial couples who have moved through conflict and into a better life. Crack the clarity code and create deeper connections beyond the messiness of relationships. Here's your host, Judy K. Herman. A lot of what we discuss on this podcast is relevant to both personal and professional relationships. As a speaker and retreat facilitator, I also support organizations and leaders. Find me on LinkedIn, Judy K. Herman, or my website, judyspeaker.com. Jude Walsh is the author of the award-winning Post-Divorce Bliss, Ending Us and Finding Me. She is a creativity and life coach, and she helps women either post-divorce or at a turning point in their lives, identify and realize their optimal new life. She writes self-help and personal essays and romance. In addition to writing and coaching, She teaches legacy and journal writing classes. Let's listen in to my conversation with Jude on post-divorce bliss, ending us and finding me. Thanks so much, Jude, for being on the show. I'm very honored to meet you. We are both authors of the same publisher, Morgan James. I came across your book, Post-Divorce Bliss. I think it's a brilliant title for a book and brilliant content. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thanks for having me. I'm honored. Awesome. Now, let me ask you, you are an author way before uh, publishing this book. Is that right? Yes. Yes. I was writing a lot of um, personal essay, nonfiction. um, And I also teach that and teach journaling classes. So yeah, I love, and right now I'm writing a romance. Oh, I love it. I love it that you're in this writing world because when I wrote my book, Beyond Messy Relationships, I uh, I have not been in this world other than to write in journals. But let people know, Jude, who you are. Jude Walsh, who wrote the award-winning Post-Divorce Bl- Bliss and the subtitle is Ending Us and Finding Me. So tell me what uh, what was it that inspired you to write this book? Well, I was, in my mind, the last person who would ever be divorced. Mm. I loved my husband. We were high school sweethearts. Mm. You know, we went to a Catholic high school together. Um, so I was with him since I was 15. And wow. we went through college together. And I worked and put him through law school. And we had a child together and uh he was my 100 percent best friend and favorite person i would often say i'm i'm a real extrovert okay so i can go into a room you know some people going in like oh god people i go in and like new friends this is fantastic but what i always said was 
that it really didn't matter who was there because I came with the person who interested me most. Mm. So we were close like that. We shared and he um, is very successful lawyer. I was teaching. Um, I uh, have a doctorate in, in um, uh, uh, education in um, language development and literacy. And I was working with children who have low incidence neurologically based language disorders. Mm, um, and wow. read that really quirky little funny dudes. It was just a delight to teach them. And um, a couple of friends got together and we decided we could we could do better with some public schools. So we started a charter school, which was wildly successful. Wow. Um, it was really, really good. And, and things were cruising. And my husband was, you know, peaking at his career. And all of a sudden he got different. He started to be irritable. Um, he was not as attentive. Uh, we'd never even had a, a fight. And all of a sudden everything I did or our son did bothered him. Hmm. And I just thought, well, he's having a midlife crisis. Mm -hmm. He's the love of my life and I will love him through this. Let me and, hold this, uh, Jude, about how much into the marriage, how many years oh, had you been married? 30 years. 30? 30 years. We wow. had just celebrated our 30th anniversary. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. And for that anniversary, he gave me, um, it's called an infinity bracelet. They're solid gold and they're twisted. So there's no beginning and no end. Oh. And he said, you know, this is like, this is the perfect gift for us. Oh my god! And goodness. I thought, okay, you may be acting oddly, but you're in there. And then I discovered he was having an affair. Oh my. And it was so traumatizing. Mm. I literally got PTSD. I had to be treated for PTSD. And I also lost my gallbladder from stress oh my. and had breast cancer. Oh my goodness. Yeah. And I went to the Cleveland Clinic. I live in Ohio and Cleveland Clinic is a very well-known medical center. And they interview you before they take you as a patient. And she asked what was going on. And I told her, and she said, well, you have to understand you have a stress-based cancer. Oh my goodness. Cancer because of this. Oh. And that sort of snapped me around because from the time of the discovery, and you know, what's interesting. I, I find the universe works in beautiful ways. Mm. Um, when uh, you have been betrayed like that, if you go to any of the codependency or um, I went to a, a different 12-step group, they call that D-Day, Discovery Day. Uh -huh. Today is the anniversary of my D-Day. Wow. And I realized that when I looked at my calendar and I said, it's really appropriate to be talking about this book now. Wow. It's exactly, let's see, 20 years ago. Oh my goodness. I want to hold this for a moment. And I do want also our listeners to know and, and you to know, Jude, Dr. Debbie Silber was a previous guest on this podcast. And she describes how betrayal in a marriage is so the, the PTSD that you experience is so much more, even more intense because of the betrayal part of a piece of it. So I really want well, listeners to go back in and if make If your sure. listeners are interested in that, I did a, a radio program, a one segment radio program that I um, 
I engineered, I, you know, mm. I, I, I do uh, some radio work locally and I can give people a, a free link to that. That walks through the whole PTSD. Uh, it specifically talks about PTSD with people uh, who have been betrayed or have been in relationship with addicts, sex wow. addicts in particular. Wow. But I can make that uh, a link to that available to them. Yeah, definitely. Like. Definitely. We'll add that to the show notes. So let me ask you, timeline-wise, you have this D-Day and this shock to your system. You feel it in, in the very core of your being. It really is like an earthquake. Uh, it's it's like no other feeling I, I, you know, that, that you have. I mean, physiologically, did you, did you develop symptoms after that, like for a period of time? Oh, or- yes. Yes, uh, because I mean, and uh, if you talk to other women who have been through this, the very common reaction is they throw up mm-hmm. you because mm-hmm. your body yeah, it goes into a trauma response and mm-hmm. blood all rushes and you, you, you throw up. Well, I threw up for nine months. Oh my goodness. 90 pounds. Oh my goodness. And my gallbladder. <laughs> Oh, like, well, I tell good. you what stress in relationship and I do have a relationship stress quiz on, on my website, stress, stress in relationship can kill you. It can, it can put you to yeah. an early death and we yeah. really need to pay attention to when things are so toxic like that to make sure. No, while you're in it, <clears throat> you know, while I was experiencing that, and the other thing is I kept it a secret. Mm. I didn't tell anyone about his affair, mm. which by the way, was with a woman 30 years younger than he is. Mm. So it was like, so I was feeling very inadequate mm-hmm. and, um, and he made me feel more inadequate. Um, you, you get into this secrecy thing. And then when I did tell everybody, I told everybody, I mean, mm. once I decided I couldn't keep the secret, and that helped a lot, but he held on to me. Uh, mm. It was like, no, give me time. You know, I'm, I'm struggling. And the way I was raised, you do that. You give people time. Mm. You you try to give them time. So from the time of the discovery till the time of the divorce was seven years. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. But during those years, we were separated, most of them, Um I got a really good therapist. I know you're a therapist. Good for you. I was going to ask you I that found question. an amazing therapist. He'd be great for you to have on your show, actually. His name is Jed Diamond, and mm-hmm. he's the author of Surviving Male Menopause wow. and the Irritable Male Syndrome. And he's a wonderful guest. Oh, wow. But he was incredibly helpful to me mm. and helped me get, get, you know, get on the other side. So during those years, I was doing a lot of the things that are in the book. Mm. I was working my way through different things. And I honestly still thought that he would probably eventually come back to the marriage. Mm. I believed he would like have an awakening. It didn't work that way. It went the other way. He got deeper and deeper into it um, and only let go of the marriage uh, when he found someone else he wanted to marry. And it was a shock to me. I didn't even know he was dating. So this was a different person than the yeah. one that he had. Obviously, cheated. that first one didn't work out. Okay. Well, let's go. Let's go to your post-divorce bliss. Let's go to that because this there's is the a whole lot part. of pain that took you 
from that <coughs> point, from D-Day yep. to those seven years, and then having some life-threatening health problems, Jude, it, that, that's amazing that now you are where you are. So, so share with us this journey of writing the book and uh, because there's post-divorce bliss here. Tell me more about that. <laughs> <laughs> that title was very deliberate. Mm. Um, I felt like I had the advantage of really world-class help. Mm. You know, my therapist was, he's known internationally. Um, my local therapist was just incredible. I actually had three different therapists I worked with. I mean, I was committed and the first therapist was like a couple's thing. And he said, this isn't working. You need to work on yourself. And at that point, I committed to working on myself. I had to make a decision that no matter what happened with the marriage or what happened with him, I needed to be all right because I had a yes. son and yes. I had a life and I wanted, and my health, I wanted to be healthy and happy. So I got the very best help. I went through all of the things and it was extremely expensive. I mean, literally. But you're worth it. You're worth Not you only worth am I worth in. it, <laughs> I don't begrudge uh, any of it. Yeah. Uh, I, I do. However, want, I want to hold something that you shared because I, I wrote a blog post on this a while back is when marriage counseling can actually make you more discouraged. There are some cases, I mean, that that marriage counseling can make things worse and i honestly i do have another episode in which samantha kaawa um she she started working on herself and her her husband was an addict and but she worked on herself and so the title of that is stop trying to fix your marriage and instead be a change agent sometimes that work on yourself does transform the marriage or allows a new marriage to happen, but in your, and, but, and sometimes it doesn't. And obviously that's you, you spent some money and energy and invested in your life. Yes. And I, but I, I, I that was a journey. Of course. So the whole thing about the book, oh, hold up. Yes. Is I could afford that, but there are a lot of women who can't. Mm. And there are a lot of women, maybe in a rural area or in a financial where they, they can't get that help. Plus it took me years of, you know, going through all this. So my goal, this was like my personal mission was to put it into the most reader friendly book I could, I could find. There were not going to be a lot of big words. It was meant to be I wanted it to be pocket size. I worked with Morgan James about this. Said it has to be small enough that they can put it in their purse. It's like a pocket therapist. Love it. Carry Love it, it around with you. Yes. <laughs> and I wanted to have journaling prompts in there so that you could take some time and write and explore. And that was my mission. And the title was very deliberate. And when I said post-divorce bliss, people were like, well, that's, is that meant to be snarky? No, it's, it's meant to be very genuine that there is, I would have preferred my marriage to be healed. Mm, mm -hmm. I would have preferred that. That was not happening. So I had to consciously choose to what was my life going to be like. And what I, I got at the end of it was, that's the postscript, ending us and finding me. When I was so um, completely a part of our marriage, it was 
how I identified myself. Mm-hmm. You know, if mm-hmm. you asked me, you know, what's my mission? I would say wife, mother, daughter, yeah. and then professional stuff. Mm-hmm. That, that was my anchor. And wife was literally first because I believed I needed to be a good wife to be a good mother and mm-hmm. create a good, a good home. But by ending that us, mm. I had to stop thinking of we, we do mm. this, we do that. It became I, mm. and I realized by ending us, I found me. That's, and that I is, really like what I found. You know, Jude, I want to hold that because that is so amazing. And and the reality is we can be living what I, I think it's an illusion for all of us to uh, overly identify or identify ourselves as just mom or wife or whatever initials we might have behind our names. And so this is like you are emerging and that is a beautiful thing. And and if a marriage can do that, if a marriage can allow that individual to emerge, that can be a beautiful thing too in this, but it does take two to be married. We all know that. Absolutely. And that's, that's like a key message. If, if you're really trying, but only one of you is trying, let it go. Well, and the thing is worth more than that. Exactly. Um, And Stan, Stan Tatkin has used the illustration of it's like the hand of one. It's, it's like the sound of one hand clapping when you're trying to work on the marriage or do the work of two, it can't be done. You can do your own work. And then the energy in that relationship will change and uh, it's bound to, but you are so worth it. And, but I'm hearing from you with your very conservative background, you had to really overcome a whole lot of things that you believed, even challenging some of the things that you believed that were gospel. One of the things I believed was that you have one soulmate Mm. and and that you marry for life. And when I was working with my therapist, he said, well, find another soulmate. I was like, what? That's not how that works. (laughs) (laughs) Who told you that? And he's like, who told you you could only have one? I'm like, well, that's a point. But, uh, you know, when I said, well, I married for life, I can't remarry. In, in the church, the Catholic church, you, unless you get an annulment, you, you cannot do that. They don't a- acknowledge divorce. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, whoa, now that you've told me that, I understand why you're so tenacious mm, in trying mm. to do this. But I worked through all that. And I actually, when I finally went to my priest of all people, who's a, he was a, he's at the university, a very, uh, sound theologian, a scholar. And he listened to me and he said, well, you need to divorce. I was like, what? Has the whole world gone crazy? <laughs> and he's like, God does not require you to be abuse or to mm. something like mm. this. And mm. you need to know that as a, a child of God, mm. you need to know that. And I think your husband is having problems and he needs to deal with them, but you are not required to suffer this. Mm. And mm. so that was like, like I said, there were a lot How of steps freeing. in the journey how freeing yes Mm. and and i still though even now when i look around um you know this been in a marriage a long time you have couples friends Mm -hmm. we talk about this in this book you have to find a whole new tribe because you'll the girls the wives will invite you places for a while Mm. but that kind of fades out and you don't get invited to couple things yeah you know those couples weekends mm, they're not for you anymore. Describe something I was really touched by in your book uh, is, is the term of a marriage autopsy. 
after you go through divorce or while you're going through the divorce process. And for some, it's, it's you don't want it. Others maybe feel free from it, but there's still this grief. And explain to the explain to us what what is a, an autopsy for for a marriage. Well, there's a, a legal thing that happens when you divorce. There's a legal, okay, you're not married anymore, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but the marriage is dead at that mm-hmm. point. It doesn't exist anymore. And I, I thought to myself, well, then I need to do an autopsy. And, you know, it, it, uh, it comes from the, the Greek word, um, otoptes, um, eyewitness from autos and optos, self-see. Mm-hmm. So I felt it was time to witness the marriage honestly and mm. make some meaning from it. I mean, sometimes people are like, they're they're like, oh no, this can't be over. Mm. And sometimes they're like, oh, thank God, that's you know, that's done. It mm. doesn't matter what your position is. Um, you you might even be vacillating between those two things, but it's time to look through some lenses. You know, there's, there's one lens that's like just pain, uh-huh. you know, when, you know, you can look back and all the things that you thought you had may now be tarnished mm. and they, they're like, well, that was never what I thought it was. Mm. Or you may looking, be looking back and say, my marriage was so wonderful and everything was so perfect. I don't know how this could have happened. Mm. I would submit that both of those filters are filters. Well, they really are. I I also want to hold this because this is like what what you're saying too. I I help clients to do like a marital timeline or even do a timeline of their whole lives. Then we connect some dots about, oh, this happened, you know, this generation previous and the generation before that. And there's patterns that are, that are uh, passed down, but to do like a timeline. And I think that's what you're talking about. Being able to have some objectivity to rather than just leaving it in your mind and being maybe overly overly you know um optimistic pessimistic whatever but it's not really you don't have a holistic view yet well and it's it's kind of raw you know it's very raw yeah but the, the whole point of the autopsy is that once you take off those rose colored glasses or those blaming glasses and you dig, I usually you literally use autopsy terms, you dig into the body of the marriage mm. and you look at what was healthy and what was diseased. Wow. Wow. And there were many things in my marriage that were beautifully healthy. Wow. And there were some things that looking back, even though I was happy, remember I was, I went into the marriage till death do us part. Mm-hmm. So if there were things that were not good, you offered that person grace for that. Mm-hmm. And you, because there are so many other good things. Yeah. So it was time to look at, well, what, what was good and what was diseased, what worked and what didn't. And once you see that, then you can rebuild, you know, yeah. you can, you can take the good. And, and that's what I did in this book. I took all the good, all the good things the you know, my strengths, my talents, you know, my relationship skills, mm. all the good that came out of that and poured it into this book and the things that didn't work, I dealt with in therapy and buried them there. I'm done with And them. you likely learned some things from them. Right? I learned an incredible, <laughs> you know, and you finally get to the point where you go, you know, look, <clears throat> we both brought our best selves to the marriage. Nobody mm. gets married thinking, well, this won't work. Right. You know? Right. And you, and you want it. So maybe 
from a, a woman's viewpoint, he is now someone you don't like or don't trust. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But he is who he is. So mm. it, you, there's a, a lot of release there. And then you say, oh, I wasted all those years. That's the point of the autopsy. Mm. You look back and you see those years were not wasted. Mm. There were good things. There were beautiful things. Pull those all out. Hold on to them. Look at your strengths. Those things that were bad, that maybe you deliberately ignored or gave the person grace for, it's time to really look at that, scrape it up into you know, a pile of rotten leaves and bury it and yeah. let it go in and fertilize the earth and new life will come. I love, I love that, love that idea of a new life and, and transformation and resurrection from that. That is so so beautiful. In, in the, um, I'm big on ceremonies. Yes. I'm a big journaler and I like ceremonies. And with regard to the autopsy, I mean, I suggest people literally carve out some time, you know, clear a couple hours. If you have young children, get someone else to take them or if you can afford to go to a hotel or or a coffee shop or someplace where you just have some time to yourself, um, maybe take your wedding album with you. Oh. Um, take some family pictures with you. Take your journals. You know, get yourself a mug of tea or a glass of wine. <clears throat> and I, I give them some questions. And I suggest, you know, if you don't like to write, just everybody has a cell phone now. Just do um, a, a, a dictation on your phone, a voicemail you know, and, and look at yourself, what was the best strength? What Mm. did you bring of your best self to this marriage? Mm. Name that, claim that. Oh, I love Um, it. In what ways were you supportive of your partner? Mm. What did you bring that way? Name, and this is where it gets a little weepy. Name your five favorite moments together. What made them special? Oh, you know, really relive your wedding day, especially your vows. Vows are tricky. Because, you know, there's that, I did that till death do us part. Mm. And man, I had trouble letting go of that. Oh my! But I had to look and I had to note how I honored them. Mm. Maybe he didn't, but I did. Mm-hmm. And I need to honor myself for doing that. Um, when were you there for your partner when they needed you most? And then this, and then this is the flip. Name five things he did for you that you loved and mm. why you deserved them. Oh, wow. You know, wow. that's, that's the piece, yeah. you know, recognize that he did do good things. You, and so, you know, notify, acknowledging that he's not evil, you know, right. he's not bad, not that bad. But <laughs> 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 oh, wait a minute, I have to qualify that. And uh, <laughs> that he, there were things that were loving. So remember them, but more importantly, remember why you deserved them. Yes. And why you deserve that. Yes. And then, you know, once you've got that all in, you know, th- all of that is good. So write a statement describing that woman, that woman or man fits to mm-hmm. it, who brought those things to the marriage, who mm. it was generous, who received those things and deserved them, who celebrated. Mm. That. Bring all that. And then once you got that in place, then we're going to do the darker side. You know, now you've got some hindsight. Mm-hmm. And this is the question I really like to ask people. Mm-hmm. What was the big sign there that you missed? Because mm-hmm. there always is one. Yeah. There always is one. Mm-hmm. Why did you miss it? Mm-hmm. You know, what What about my willingness to let that go? Yeah. Why was that? Um, 
and you, you have to get real honest here. Was there something about your partner, your ex, that made you uncomfortable the whole time? Wow. Often there is. Those are such profound questions. Yeah. Describe a couple instances where you were hurt or annoyed and disrespected, but said nothing. Mm. I had a lot of those. I would just, mm. oh, he's, he's in a bad mood. Mm. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. What attributes did he have that made you overlook that? Mm. In other words, he had some really good stuff. Mm -hmm. to balance that out or it wouldn't have lasted as long you wouldn't have gotten as far as you did and been married um and then this is another one that's part of the autopsy did you stay too long yeah yeah that's yeah. those are those are amazing questions and so, why why'd you do it you know yeah yeah anyway once you have all that that's the that's the digging of the autopsy and then it's you, then you sit down and you write a statement of forgiveness and understanding. I, you've everything that bring you're, it all together. Everything you're sharing here, Jude, is so very valuable and so worthy. So if you're reading, if you get Jude's book and read this and, and do these exercises, here's what I highly recommend. Take them to your therapist. Take them to yes. someone that you can share with because to do this alone and you, you and I both know that secrecy doesn't help anybody, but when you do it and you, and you hear your own voice, um, share this, it, it can really validate. I love that. You I have divorce sisters. There were a couple, I found a couple other women who were going through divorce mm. at the same time. And we became support for one another. Oh, I love it. And they're literally my divorce sisters. I'm still, well, unfortunately one recently passed away, mm. but um, she had Parkinson's, but the rest of us are still in touch. Mm. Actually, one of my divorce sisters, ex just passed away. Oh, wow. And she was like, what do I do? You know, mm. I don't really want to, I feel awkward about attending a service. We were not mm. You know, we were estranged, but my daughters mm. and the deal we worked out is that it should, there'll be people there that want to know what happened to the marriage. Mm. And I said, well, I'm, I'll go and I'll be your wing woman. And, oh. you know, I will always be within eye shot. Mm. And if someone, we worked the strategy out. This is a, a the other thing about the, the bliss part. You, mm. you plan ahead. I said, what are you going to say to somebody? Because people ask the dumbest like, well, what happened to the marriage? We always thought you were so close. Like that's your business. So mm. we worked out that she would just say, oh, that's water under the bridge and change the topic. Mm. And we had a line ready. And she said, well, what if they don't listen? I said, make eye contact with me and say, Jude's calling me and walk away. <laughs> so we had, we had it all covered. That's a way to have each other's back. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, because it was hard for her, even though they were yeah. no longer married. He was the father of her children. And absolutely, and, you know, that's a blessing. And, and she wanted to be there for her girls, but it was very triggering. Yes. Yeah. She also had PTSD. Yeah. Very yeah. Triggering for her. Well, yeah. I, so. I think what you've shared here on the marriage autopsy to be able to look at it objectively and then even I think a different level of healing, at least where I'm at right now, having lost two husbands after 40 years of marriage, it's like, I, I really believe that it took both of those husbands to have raised my level of awareness that I am a woman of dignity, honor, and worthiness. And so I know exactly like, and I hear that same message with you, like to, 
to separate yourself from this coupleship that you had, you're discovering parts of yourself, like, you know, finding, ending us, finding me, I think is pretty profound, Jude. And not yeah. everybody's at that stage, but to grow yeah, you to that there. stage. Will you yeah. let me read something from the book? Absolutely. Okay. If, you know, we talk about you know, questions and answering them and looking at them and, you know, a forgiveness statement. And it's finally, let's put this autopsy into perspective and assign new meaning. Mm. All the things that went wrong or that you felt you didn't handle well can be buried now. They will gently decompose, making compost, creating fertile ground. The ground may lie fallow for a season or two, but eventually something will burst forth. All the strength and good things will fuel the phoenix rising. You're on your way. You're creating something new and beautiful and filled with promise. When you make another mistake or take a wrong turn, remember this experience. You're strong and your mistakes are just fodder for the soil, fertilizing and fueling a glorious second bloom. Oh, I love that. That gives and that's, so And that's my coaching help. practice name, Second Bloom Coaching. Second that's Bloom what it's coaching. about. Not just from marriage. You know, I have people that are starting new careers or have retired. And it's all about that second bloom. I love that. Let me, let me ask a, a couple, a few questions here in closing. First of all, um, I'm curious, what is, what would be your message to your your d-day self let's just say your d-day self that was 20 years ago what would be your message to her today take care of yourself first That's i immediately went into i have to take care of my and by the way my mother had cancer at the same time mm. it was just mm. a lot and most women if you hear their divorce stories it's always a cluster of things, mm, mm-hmm. but I depleted myself mm. and allow yourself to feel it all. You know, there's so, so many of us, especially from a very conservative faith background, uh, I, but I think probably overall as well, that we're accused of being selfish if we take care of ourselves, but you're saying take care of yourself first. You know, it's, 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 it's a joke, but you know how they on the uh, plane, they say, put the mask on yourself. Yeah. It's the gospel truth, Judy. Uh, whenever I was traveling with my child, I thought to myself, there is no way on earth I'm putting the mask on him first. Yeah. I remember consciously yeah. thinking that. Yeah. And I realized when I went through all this trauma, I put the mask on everybody else first. Yeah. And you and, were, were so conditioned to do that. You probably, it was just And so I'm natural. strong. I can hold my breath. I can do it. I'll take care of him and I'll still be okay. Mm. And what I realized was I was not okay. Mm. I needed, and, and I'm really mixed up. It's like a cliche, but I really thought self-care was selfish. Mm. And I didn't. It is so not. It is not. Totally not. But I didn't, I didn't know that. And I, you know, when I work with women who are deep into that, I I have to really consciously be gentle with them Yeah. because I want to go, it's not it. It really, you're fun. Take care of yourself. Go yeah. for it. You know, I have to say, well, let's, uh, you know, you're very kind. You're very loving, but you know, you can't drink let's, from an empty well. So yeah. Let's, and let's be let's our, let's be that. your own, own best friend. 
what yeah. you be our own well, best And that's the, the dating thing too. I got a lot of, well, why aren't you dating? And finally I realized I was dating, but mm. I was dating myself. I love that. I love I that. I started going to movies alone, out to dinner alone, buying one theater ticket, jumping on a plane and going to Paris by myself. I love that. And oh, it was so um, empowering. And I like my company. I still do. (laughs) I don't need anyone to be fulfilled. And as a result, the people that are in my life, I just enjoy the heck out of them, you know? Yes, because I don't need them to be fulfilled. I'm I enjoy it. I enjoy being with other people tremendously, but I, it's not uh, urgent or necessary. Yeah, it's like I'm you're not going sweet. to the outside to get what you need, but you're you're doing that from within, and I think that's beautiful. Yeah, I'm complete right now. Absolutely, Anything else that comes in is just gravy. Absolutely, know, icing I, on the cake. Yeah, how can people get in touch with you? Well, um, they can email me mm-hmm. at Jude Walsh at secondbloomcoaching.com. Um, and I will put you on my newsletter. I, I have neglected it a little bit during the pandemic and I'm revitalizing. It. It's kind of fun. And plus <laughs> I'm doing a new thing. So, uh, you know, I'm, we shared that I'm writing a romance and yeah, people about how much fun that is to write a book that I get to control how the happy ending <laughs> works. It's really, it's really fun. You know, memoir and personal essay, you have to tell the truth and it has to be the way it is. But you write a romance, sister. You can just just be whatever. And, and I'm writing romance that has older women as the lead people. Oh my gosh, not, I can't wait to read they're it. They're not like 20-somethings with heaving bosoms. It's a more mature kind of a, a love. But um, yeah, they can, Jude Walsh at secondbloomcoaching.com. And I will, if they put in the subject line bonus. Okay. I will send them, I have a, it's a brief, it's like a PDF of uh, tips for getting through the holidays, which are landmines when you're divorced. Yeah, absolutely. I want to let you know too, whatever is in your heart and your desire to do, you can do. I've learned that a lot, even within a year's time, Jude. I have traveled. Let's see, I, I went to Costa Rica. I went to Puerto Rico. I was at uh, St. Croix Island. I rode a horse in the uh, Caribbean <laughs> Sea. And I Fun. stood on top of that horse. I went back to my cheerleading self. I stood on top of this horse called Gingy. <laughs> I got a picture of it and it's framed and it's in my, uh, oh, it's in my house as like a blown up picture because life is so beautiful and so precious. And, and you, so I want to tell, I want to tell listeners, you are so worth it. You are so worth investing in yourself. And this book, I it can be a beginning. If you've not been to a therapist, pick up Jude's book for sure. Find mm-hmm. a therapist, of course. Yes, and uh, yes. or a coach. Yeah. She can coach you yeah. through some or a life coach. Or if you're out in a rural place somewhere, I, I I do it online. I almost all the people I work with are online. But um, you know, if you're someplace, find a group. I you know, yeah. maybe you're in 12-step groups. They are incredibly helpful. I mean, wow. Uh, my dad was an alcoholic and then my ex had some issues and um, going there was really helpful. You want to learn about self-care. That's a good place to go. Yeah, absolutely. Very welcoming. They'll take you in and brush you off and stand you up and give you strength oh. and it's good. But 
but just even if you just find another woman who's going through it and, mm-hmm. and, and make an agreement with that woman, my, my agreement with my friends was, look, sometimes I'm in a call and I just need to unload. I, I, I just want to say mean stuff and get it off my chest. And, and you don't have to tell me what to do about it. I know what to do with it. I need to let it go. Yeah. But first I have to just, I just need to be crabby. Yeah, yeah. And, and then, so like literally we would say, what do you need? And I'd say, I need to vent or, you know, I, I have a question. I need help. What What's your advice? And whatever they need, I needed, they would do. And if I just needed to vent, they'd say, are you done? I go, yes, thank you. And and we never brought it up again. It was just, wow. unloaded it. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes even writing it doesn't help. Just yeah. having another person going, mm-hmm, mm. <laughs> yeah, yep, mm-hmm. Not, are you kidding, Jude? You need to let that go. It's just like, oh, I can hear you. You're really upset. You know, just yeah. that kind of stuff. Yeah. Are you done? Yep, good. We're good. <laughs> that That is really good to have that kind of a friend that there's this emotional safety that you can trust that they're not going to come at you or shame you or judge you or tell you what to do next. That's a beautiful gift to be able to be heard, to be felt. And, and then to have that agreement, you're not going to stay there. You don't want to wallow right. in that. And, yeah, not, yeah. and agree that you're not going to get stuck. in it. Right. You know, there are people that are so bitter over divorce, they yeah. never let it go. And we, that was the other agreement we had. If we felt somebody was slipping toward that, the gentle answer was, you know, you do this and you, and you would say, is, is this helping you move forward? Yeah. And, and pretty, if the answer was no, question. it's like, well, then let's, let's see what, what else we can do. Like, let's meet up and take a walk. Yeah. Yeah. Let's go for coffee. Let's go to the bookstore. Let's see a movie, you know, just something. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, women are amazing creatures wonderful friends but um what surprised me was i got a lot of men friends out of this too <laughs> there are many men well, who have been wounded by divorce oh my goodness goodness you're yeah. doing a remarkable work jude i oh, cannot wait till your next book comes out but <laughs> but this is amazing because you exude this you know that there is life and, and better relationships better life you've got better relationships in your life obviously with just being able to be real with people and authentic and what a beautiful soul you are. Thank you. And keep up the great work you're doing. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me and may you all know bliss. All right. Thanks. I really appreciate Jude's journey of resilience. How awesome to accept a beautiful new life after divorce. Here's my takeaways. Number one, The value of doing a marriage autopsy through the difficulty of divorce, like being able to let go of both the positive and negative memories and traits of a marriage that was once alive and is now no longer. Number two, it's so important to have a support system. Make sure you have affirming friends in your life. And number three, you're so worth investing in. And in the meantime, it's great that Jude designed her book in such practical ways to help you now. What stood out to you? Share your takeaways by going to betterrelationshipsbetterlife.com. Next week, you'll hear from Jody Lentz, a creative facilitator who helps organizations develop better teams, better meetings, and better decisions. Until then... I would absolutely love it for you to share, subscribe, rate, and comment in the streaming platform of your choice. See you next time on Better Relationships, Better Life.